Good morning, Rabbi Say. It is Parshas Vayikra, Nuchumish. We're getting closer to this incredible Yantav of Pesach, and you don't have to go too far in Vayikra to see some such profound messages, really such subtle and profound messages. And maybe one of the most important messages we can get from that is that when it comes to, to, to the Torah, when it comes to Avodah Hashem, subtlety is everything. It's, it's almost a difference between something very, very spectacular and something not so spectacular. Can little, little be a hair's breadth. It could be something so small. And what better example of that is the Yantav coming up where the difference between chametz and matzah is little, literally a hair's breadth. It could be a few seconds. That 18 minutes, a magical 18 minutes. And, and you're sitting there and you got the clock and if the, if, if the, uh, uh, the matzah is done before those 18 minutes, Baruch Hashem, if it goes a bit longer, oh my gosh, it might have been a little bit of a fermenting of the chametz and that's it. It doesn't just, okay, what's a big deal? What's a big deal? It goes from literally a mitzvah and the Torah to, 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 in terms of fulfilling one of the greatest mitzvahs to devastation. We chayiv karis, it's unbelievable. And, and even the words, of Chabad Tzimat. We know so much is, is, is learned out from the Lashon HaKodesh of the, of the, uh, of the Torah. The words are so amazing. Chabad Tzimat are almost identical in their letters. The difference between a Chabad Tzimat is that that Ches to the Hey. Matzah has got the Hey. So it's it just exactly cut off at the right time. You extend a little bit, it becomes a Ches. Chabad end of the world. Come, come, uh, Matzah Shabbos next week. Whoa. The last thing you want to see at all is chametz, and that, that literally would send anybody into a, literally to, to be shaking. But just a second, just a little bit, a little bit off. So the, even the physical subtleties are so clear in the Torah. How, how the swall's different could make for a difference. And the very first Rashi, literally, the very first Rashi says to us, Vayikrel Moshe, the message is not just this particular case, but really every single time HaKadosh Baruch Hu communicated with Moshe Rabbeinu, there was a Kriya, Vayikra El Moshe Vidabe. What says Vayikra El Moshe? Why does he have to call it to Moshe? Lashen Chiba. Lashen Chiba. What an amazing Rashi. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was telling Moshe Rabbeinu, he could have just started speaking. Moshe Rabbeinu did not know HaKadosh Baruch Hu loved him. He didn't know that he was receiving the Torah, which is the ultimate manifestation of, of, the, uh, of the greatest love that you can ever have. Did Moshe Benu not spend 40 days and 40 nights and gone through another 80 days after the 40 days to reach this pinnacle of, of um, Chodesh Tishrei on the month of the Tishrei after 40 days of Elul, in the, I'm sorry, the 10th of Tishrei, where Farnak Baruch Hu says, we're good to go and we're back to our original position of our, of our relationship. So, Love is something that Moshe Benu never, never questioned at all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And yet, okay, so just start talking, right? No, no, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling us that when you talk to somebody and what you're saying is important and the person you're talking to is worthy of this message, Vayikra, Lashon Chiba, this concept of how, how you say things, when you say things, the way you say things, uh, it, it's so critical. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying to us that let us not underestimate the power of expression, the power of speech, the way we speak, and the fact that we're speaking, the fact that we're communicating. And, and I say this again, especially now, as we know Vayikra introduces the, the, the incredible Yontav of Pesach, 
the the uniqueness of this particular night, the Seder night, which is fast approaching, is not the idea that we're recalling Mitzrayim. We recall Mitzrayim every single day. Zechias Yitzchias Mitzrayim is a mitzvah. We, we say it in Shema. We say it in the morning. We say it at night. So one can argue and one can ask, what's the big deal? That the, the Seder with the Mitzrayim. Well, okay, well, of course. It's one of the Sheish Zechiros, which we... We have to recall every single day to mitzvah and the But the Mepharshim explained, uh, I believe it's, uh, it's maybe Chaim Brisker, maybe Revelva, one of the Briskers, one of the great Brisker uh, Rabbanim, explained that it's different. Because the Zechira is up here. It's remembering. When you say Vagata Levincha, when you have to communicate, when you have to talk to your child, it's all other realm. The, the, what's, what the impression you make and what's left within the individual who's sitting at that Seder, and there is a discussion, you go back and forth, you ask questions, you give answers, you have a discussion, that takes on a whole different dimension. It's not just remembering. Okay, I, I have to remember. But the night of Seder, it's you have to talk, you have to have a conversation, you have to communicate. And again, the message is, how do you communicate? What's really going to stay with the people around you? And whether it's our parents that we're talking to, whether it's our siblings, whether it's any guests that we might have at that table. Rabbi say we see how critical it is. The, the, the tone. I know sometimes we get a little impatient. Can we get moving over here? I mean, the matzo balls are getting, you know, they're cooking already and I'm getting hungry. Lashon Chiba. The idea of how we communicate. Moshe Beinu. Moshe Beinu was not an insecure, an insecure person. He knew exactly how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu loved him. It's not about that I have to sit here and try to placate you. It's about how you communicate. Loshin Chiba. It's such an important concept in terms of, of the, the nature of the Seder, the nature of, of communication, especially on this night. And I, the story I've shared many times, and I, I really believe that, that that's the shot of, the, of this story. You know, the story about my eighth grade Rebbe, who I happened to meet maybe probably this time of the year. It's late March, probably this time of the year that I met him, walking down Abingdon Road in Kew Gardens. Anybody, any Kew Gardens people watching? Right, you know that uh, from First Moshe down the hill, Abingdon Road. I was walking down that uh, that road, that street to my apartment uh, where we lived on a one eighteenth of Metropolitan, and it was my senior year, a few years a few years ago, my senior year. I'm walking down play. I played uh, some basketball at the Big Shul on the corner of um, Abingdon and Lefferts Boulevard, and I'm walking home, and I, I, I meet my eighth grade Rebbe, amazing Rebbe Ringelheim. He should be well. Should be gesund. I met my eighth grade Rebbe, and it was amazing to me that that year I was a senior, and uh, I went to Yeshiva Chavetz Chaim High School, and I had a lot of conversations about going there to Israel. I wasn't sure. I mean, <laughs> how ironic! How much we we encourage our students to go to Israel, Baruch Hashem. We see some of the results of what happens when you go to Israel. Incredible results. Credible nachas. Credible growth. So I wasn't sure. At that particular time, I was uh, totally convinced I was going to be a lawyer. And I, maybe a year and a half or so would get in the way of my uh, whole plan for my career. And a lot of people spoke to me. I don't remember any of the conversations. I remember walking away unconvinced from maybe probably, I don't know, 150 conversations over the course of the year between the base Medrash guys, the Kyle guys, my high school friends, whatever. I'm walking down. Rabbi Ringelheim sees me probably like 9 o'clock at night on Abingdon Road. And he says, Avram, how are you doing? Uh, you know, and he, I go over to him, and was, I loved him. He's an amazing Rebbe. And uh, so I have such fond memories of, of uh, my eighth grade experience. 
He walked me down the block, puts his arms around my shoulder. He said, tell me of him. So what's your plan? What are you, what are you doing next year? You know, so it seemed like another conversation, another one, another, another one of the hundreds of conversations. So I'm not sure yet, maybe I'll go to Israel, maybe not, I'm not sure. He says, let me just tell you something, Avram. If you go, I guarantee you, you will not regret it. It will be the best year of your life. I remember it. <laughs> 65 years old, remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> what happened? I forgot hundreds of conversations. I never, forget, I never remembered the conversation in the first place. The minute the conversation was over, I, I went on with my life and I forgot. And I didn't even bother it. It never really, really registered. And this one stayed with me. One little conversation, coming back on a Sunday night in Abingdon Road. Like, well, what's the shot? And I believe this is the shot. Because it's really not so much the words you say, it's that Lush and Chiba. It's the way it's said. It's the way you connect. It's the way you relate. And having that feeling and having that emotion, the way he said it, I knew it was coming from a person who cared about only one thing, about my well-being. And he said it with total commitment and total love, total connection. Listening with total connection is critical. Having focus when things are important that you have to hear, that's critical. To have total buy-in emotionally and intellectually to the situation at hand. So certainly when we're at that Seder, the connection, the communication that we, we have, the way we speak is critical. And the impact that we can have on a person on a Seder night is this is not to be imagined. Mom is a person could, their life could be changed by the experience of just what happens when we're around the table and we're communicating, we're talking, we're inspiring, we're, we're sharing. It's another incredible message that's certainly connected again to the chametz and matzah. And right here, right in the very first post, you, know, you don't have to go far. Right? Famous Mepharshim, famous Pshat that the Mepharshim talk about that little Aleph, Ayikra, the same word. <laughs> Forget about the whole Pesach. You don't have to even get away from the first word before you, you, you got so much to talk about. Little, little Aleph. Why is there a little Aleph in Vayikra? What's the point? And again, HaKadosh, uh, Moshe Benu did not want to write Vayikra. Vayikra is Lashon Chiba. Vayikra sort of puts Moshe on a pedestal. Moshe Benu, Lashon Chiba. It's a little bit Vayikra. That's the typical language of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu communicating with the Navis. Vayikari happened to him. He happened, uh, you know, to, to sort of meet up on the road. It's a much more incidental kind of language. Vayikari is, is, is a deep connection. Vayikari is a lushan, is a lushan of, of affection and love. And a, a lushan of, of chashivas. The, the angels, v'karazel zev yamar. That lushan vayikari is a lushan of, of elevation, of, of a heightened status. So Moshe Benu didn't want to write it, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu sort of compromised. Okay, Moshe Benu, I'll, I'll give you a sign. I can't write Vayikar. Not to Moshe Benu. Vayikar? Incidental? Not incidental. I, I want to talk to you. I want you to understand how chashiv you are, but I, I understand your humility, your incredible humility, so I'm going to sort of compromise with that little olive. And Rabbi said, again, how amazing is it that when we talk about, when you look at the Musa's Svarim, you talk about, you look at the mystical Svarim, they talk about the search for Chametz. We're now sort of in a full mode. We're already the last week. We're looking for Chametz. We're getting rid of all that Chametz. And it's very important because we know that it's a very severe Avera. Chametz. We don't want to have Chametz on Pesach. It's very severe. But the Farshim say, when we're looking for that Chametz, and we're going to search Thursday night this year, and we're going to have the flashlight, we're going to look around for the Chametz. We're not just looking for the physical Chametz. We're looking for the, for the spiritual chametz. We're looking for the chametz to get rid of our chametz. The chametz is a dough that rises. The chametz is the, is the leavening agent that sort of creates a little bit of a gaiva within a person. 
and that sort of sense of haughtiness, that sort of little, uh, little, little step that you have that you sort of feel maybe a little bit better than anybody else. Maybe your nose is a little bit higher up in the air than, than most people. And you sort of look around you, and you look in that mirror and say, boy, you know, Kish Baruch broke the mold when he made me, that's it. You know, that, I'm it. And that little feeling of superiority, or maybe big feeling of superiority, that has to be eradicated. What is, what is this time? What do we say in Davening about, about Pesach? Zman Cherusenu. Zman Cherusenu. Cherusenu is liberation. Cherusenu is, is emancipation. Cherusenu is true freedom. What is freedom? We know from Chazal, freedom is the ability to choose. Freedom is, is the, Cherusenu is the ability to do what is right. Where I'm not a, I'm not trapped to my, to my passions. I'm not trapped to my foibles and to my bad habits and to my Chasashom addictions. Where I can make a choice. I mentioned drinking a while ago, but I just, I, I, I just have to really mention it again. If, if a person can't go without a drink, and I, I, I don't know if I mentioned in this particular venue, but I have been speaking about it, how horrible it is to see that and read these articles, what's going on in Eretz Yisrael with B'nai Torah, who literally the drinking is, is sort of consuming them. If they can't go a Shabbos lunch without bringing a bottle of alcohol. What is that? That's Chayr That's freedom? That's not freedom. That means you're, entra- you're entrapped. You're not able to do what you know is right. To be able to, to, to have a, 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 an ability to look at situations objectively and to do what's right. That's freedom. Cherusenu. Ein ben Choren is only somebody who's able to do the mitzvahs and to, and to follow the Torah. That's a ben Choren. If you're trapped and you can't do the mitzvahs, if you're trapped because... And what traps us so often? Very often what traps us is our, is our haughtiness. Our traps us, what traps us is our it's self-indulgence. What traps us is our inability to be able to overcome the, the temptations out there. And we're, we're slaves. We're still, we're still avodim. So, so our job is to get out of the, the, um, the avodim mentality. That's why every, in this particular night, say Chazal, we have to consider ourselves like we went out of Mitzrayim. What happens when we went out of Mitzrayim? We became free. We no longer in, were entrapped to Mitzrayim. We're able to make our own decisions and do what we want to do. And be able to be Totally in control of our lives. That's a true ben chorin. If we're in a situation where we're not in control, Rabbi said we're not free. If we're not free, then we have a problem. And we don't have that quality that, that Klai Yisrael needs to have. And the, what are the key elements of becoming free is getting rid of the haughtiness, getting rid of the self-indulgence, getting rid of the idea that I'm in charge, that, it, that I count. And therefore, what, I look at the world from my perspective of what I need and what I want. Can't happen. We need that, that, that little aleph. We need that that chametz. We need that get, getting. Uh, I'm sorry. The, the matzah, the purity of not having that leavening, that that chametz uh, rise, that dough rise, and and, and it, it retains its pure status. We need matzah. We can't let that extension. We can't let that hey go to the ches because we get that little bit of a rise in terms of our own ego and our own emotions and our own self indulgence, and we are not ready for Pesach. That is the beauty of the Siyantif. While we are preparing physically for the Siyantif, we also have to prepare spiritually. We have to recognize that this is the time to look at ourselves and get ready for this incredible night. This night of Vigad to Levincha, this night of, of, of clarity, this night of, of, of Amun and Bitochen and Akash Baruch this night of recognition of the Chaz Hashem that brought us to this place, how we have had this Seder from all the generations, from all the places anywhere on earth, the Jewish people have gathered for Seder in this night. For over 3,000 years. 
the ultimate statement of the truth of who we are, the truth of our religion, the truth of our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's meaningful, Rabbi Yisai, when we get rid of that, that leavening agent. That's only significant when we have that sense of humility. There's a classic Pesach story that really is, is very moving, and I love to share it at this particular time. It gives us an idea of really what this Shantiv is about. Because once you retain your matzah status, once you re- reach that level, Zman Cherusenu, I'm truly liberated. I've got rid of, rid of my, my, my bad habits and my self-indulgences. I've got rid of my guy. I threw that chametz out. I burnt the chametz. I'm now ready for a yontif, like, uh, like Pesach. It's transformative. It's how we have to really start the year. Nisan, in a sense, is starting a new year. This is, uh, an amazing story, post-World War II story. Right after the liberation, things were still very, very tight in, in Russia, and Jews were at some level of freedom, but it was still not simple at all, and the poverty was great. Excuse me, and the story about the Skolena Rebbe, who at that time was able to establish a bay right after they were liberated. It wasn't the end of the war yet, but they were liberated. And they and the, the Skolena Rebbe was able to make a little bakery where he was able to make matzah for the people in the neighboring areas. It was Pesach was coming up, and they weren't sure if they're going to get any packages, and they were going to have packages, what kind of matzah was going to be. So if you can make matzah with the true level of, of the removal of the chametz, true matzah, it was very important. And the Sklan Rebbe made a limited amount of matzahs, and he gave it out to the people around him. And there was a limit. I read the story, I got a little bit more accurate information, and the way I just read the story today was that there were three matzahs given out to every person per family. And it was very clear. It was a very tough rule. The Rebbe could not give out more than three matzahs. And there was a neighboring town. The vision of the Rebbe was there in the neighboring town. He sent his son to get the matzahs about a week before Yontif. And he comes to the door, and the Rebbe is very excited to see the vision of the Rebbe's son. And um, gives him the three matzahs, have a good Yontif. says... Um, Rebbe, we need six matzahs. I can't give you six matzahs. I have a a rule. I have a limit. Three matzahs. I can't. Rebbe, my father said I cannot leave here without six matzahs. How do you say no to the vision of the Rebbe or to a son? So very reluctantly, he gave him the six matzahs. And he takes his matzahs, goes home. Erev Yontif comes. Early Erev Yontif. There's a knock on the door. And who, who does, uh, who comes to the door? Sklenner Rebbe goes to the door. Who does he see? He sees the same son of the vision of the Rebbe knocking on the door. He says, what are you doing here? I, I, I gave you six matzahs. I mean, I don't have any more matzahs. He says, you mean you have no matzahs for yourself? He says, no, I, I, no, I have no matzahs. He says, well, my father knew that. My father knew you are going to give away your last matzah. My father knew you weren't going to have matzah for your own family for Pesach. And therefore, he insisted that I come with, I get six, so I can give you back these three matzahs so you can have a beautiful yontif yourself. Have a good yontif. Rabbi say that, that takes humility. A story like that takes incredible thought and sensitivity to understand the plight of another Jew and what's going to be in the future. It seems like a simple story, but it's very profound. That's, that's Pesach. That's the Seder. That's the ability to, to reach out with a Lush and Chibah, to be concerned for the Jews around us. To recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu understood there's a night in the year 
We know it is the most attended night of any Jewish event amongst all circles of all Jews, no matter who they are, unaffiliated, no matter what. The highest percentage of Jews come to a Seder. This is, I think, one of the reasons, because it's a night of connection. It's a night of God to Levincha. It's a night of testimony that we are a special people. It's a night where we have gotten rid of the chametz and absorbed the matzah to be sensitive, to be caring, to be loving, to, to be understanding, to express that Lashon Chiba. But Hashem let us take full advantage. It's fast approaching. We have a week of preparation. During that week, let's remember the Lashon Chiba. Let's remember with the pressures that are going on around us and all the craziness that we're still dealing with. Some of the COVID uh, issues obviously hasn't gone fully away. We're hoping very, very soon it, it, it does. But let's be super sensitive. Let's not let the, the tensions potentially get in. Let us truly understand what this week is about. It's about getting rid of the chametz. It's about lowering, lowering that sar shabisa, that leavening agent that sort of brings in gaivin to our mentality. Let's develop the communication skills of Elosh and Chiva. Hashem will have a beautiful yontif and we'll celebrate Nisan, the month of Gula, with the ultimate Gula, with Bias HaMashachim. Hey, remaining.